You're listening to Startup Acquisition Stories, a podcast featuring the stories of startup founders and buyers who have successfully gone through an acquisition process using Acquire.com, the world's number one startup acquisition marketplace. To date, Acquire.com has helped thousands of startups get acquired and facilitated hundreds of millions in closed deal volume. Here's your host, Andrew Gostecki. All right. I am with Jake, who recently had a startup acquired. Jake, how are you doing today? Thanks. I'm doing very well. How are you? Good, thanks. Um, for those maybe that don't know you, do you want to give a brief introduction of yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm working as a front-end engineer at API Deck. I've been working as a developer for, I think, well over eight years. Uh, prior to that, I had a very different background. I played uh, basketball professionally in the Netherlands. And um, yeah, after college, I was... Uh, thinking about what I should do next. And I had a bunch of ideas for building online platforms, but I didn't have the technical skills required for that. I also didn't have the money to hire developers. So I decided to teach myself how to code. And I found out that I actually liked writing code and I went to a coding bootcamp. And after that, I landed my first job as a developer. And I've been working as a developer ever since. And I've always been working on side projects during evenings and weekends. And that eventually led to me building serverless SaaS, which is a project I started around two or three years ago. And I got acquired, um, yeah, two months ago. That's awesome. So you're a professional, wait, we got to back up on that. You're a professional mm-hmm. basketball in the Netherlands? Well, I didn't play for a very long time professionally, but I went through like the youth uh, education programs and I've been yeah, basically practicing every single day. Nice. And uh, so, yeah, it's kind of switched to become a, become a programmer. That's awesome. I, I've always wanted to, can you dunk? Uh, I can dunk. Yeah, I can still do it. <laughs> It requires a little bit more effort nowadays, though. But yeah, I'm I'm five ten, so that's uh if I ever if I ever get three wishes, that's one of them. Um, <laughs> but let's uh let's move over to um serverless SaaS. So um you know you built this this awesome uh, product and you listed on acquire. What made you um want to sell the business in the first place? Um, well, I've been running the project for almost a couple of years, especially in the beginning. I was spending a lot of time on it. Uh, improve, keep continuing to improve in the product. And over time, uh, that became a bit less, but people were still buying it. So it still requires some time to maintain the project. But meanwhile, I, start, I joined the startup uh, API deck, which required a lot of time. I got two kids now uh, and also started another side project. So it just became a bit too much to keep maintaining it. Also, just the mental space of having to maintain multiple projects at a time. Um, So, yeah, I I figured that especially for new customers and people who are still buying the product, that it would be better if there was someone behind it that actually still has some ideas and continue to improve it and uh, yeah, take things to the next level. So that's why nice. I decided to uh, yeah, put it up for sale. Nice. Yeah, I, I love those types of acquisitions where, you know, you you build something and then you sell it to someone who can ideally bring more energy and more life into it. Um, how did how did you get your first customers, if I can ask? Uh, yeah, so it was, I think, somewhere in 2019 when uh, I already built a bunch of side projects and I was listening to the rework podcasts uh, based on on the book of rework and they were talking about uh, byproducts and each startup or each project is always uh, yeah also having some byproducts in the podcast they describe a couple of uh, examples like um, the podcast itself which is a byproduct from the book rework and rework was a byproduct from a bunch of uh, blog articles uh, they also describe how ruby on rails the programming framework was initially a byproduct from them building basecamp so when i was listening to that i was thinking like did i maybe also build some byproducts 
I didn't have a lot of projects that get, got a lot of traction, but I still built a bunch of side projects. And that's how I initially got to the idea. Like and maybe I was using this boilerplate code that I was using to bootstrap each new project. And um, so that got me thinking like, maybe this is something that someone else is willing to pay for. And that led to a project I then called React Milkshake, which was like just a very plain boilerplate with not a, not a lot of features. And uh, I put it up on Product Hunt and I got a bunch of sales. Uh, so to me, that was like some confirmation that there is something here. There's something of value here. People can save some time with this boilerplate. And that got me to the idea of eventually building a, a SaaS starter kit with a whole bunch of features uh, like authentication, Stripe integration, all the things that you need to build a software as a service application. And um, yeah, I launched that in Prodigant and then I got my first first couple of customers. Nice. I love how you, it sounds like you solved like your own problem. You know, all the items that you needed to kind of build a, a SaaS product, you package it up into um, something that other people would use. Is that, yeah. that's right? Yeah, indeed. Uh, well, it, it kind of evolved. It was just an iteration of something that I started because I had this boilerplate before and I was only using it for myself. And when I got the validation that other people might be interested in this as well, I started to iterate and thinking maybe we should add some more features and yeah, expand it to something that can be used to build a software as a service application. And so it was really an, an iterative process that eventually led to the to the product. I love that. That's, I mean, that's how businesses are built. You know, it's an iterative learn. You get something right, you get something wrong, and you just do that for years. <laughs> and then you eventually yeah. get, get some customers. All right, let's go through um, uh, the timeline. Um, so you you first list on acquire.com. Uh, what happened? What, what was your expectations going in? And what was like the first, you know, couple weeks? in terms of buyers reaching out? Well, I had no idea what to expect. Initially, I wasn't sure if it was a right project, a project to put up for sale. Uh, I mean, it needed to be someone who is uh, has some technical expertise or at least is working together with a developer because it's really a developer-focused product. Uh, and I was actually surprised by the amount of people that were reaching out after I posted the listing. Um, especially at the beginning, I was just man manually answering all types of questions and, and providing details. And at some point, I was just setting up a template like this whole uh, document that I could share with everybody that was reaching out because there was so what so much more to talk about uh, the details of the business. So I was happily surprised by the amount of people reaching out. Uh, so yeah, that was that was really great. That's awesome. How many buyers um, reach out in total? I guess. Uh, I don't know actually how much uh, in total, but uh, eventually we got to like four or five people that had some serious uh, interest and got on a call. Uh, a lot of people were reaching out. So, some people didn't completely understand how the business worked uh, because it has the word SaaS in it. Some people already assumed that that was also the type of business that it is, but it is actually, I'm, I'm selling a, a, a code base or access to a code base, which is a one-time purchase. And the people who are buying the product, those are the ones that are building the SaaS. So uh, there, has to, yeah, there was some explain, explanation to do about how the whole process Process. I automated the whole process of buying and getting access and getting access to documentation. So uh, yeah, there was a lot of back and forth with some, with some buyers and eventually uh, yeah, a couple of uh, people that really fitted the project. Uh, yeah, th those nice. are the ones that ended up for, you know, good conversations. Let's, let's talk about those. So, you know, a lot of buyers, you know, reach out and you 
started to see some ones that this could be a good fit for for an acquisition. How did you narrow it down to uh, the final buyer that acquired this business? Well, there were quite some, uh, there were multiple potential buyers that had the idea of me still staying on in the business, um, either to maintain the project or to help uh, build out some new ideas that they had. And because I was kind of lacking time and really wanted to you know, fully close it, um, yeah, those were uh, just not an option for me. And I went with the buyer that uh, yeah, I was really going to take the whole project over. Nice. So in terms of, okay, you get, you listed on acquire.com, a lot of buyers reach out, you narrowed it down to um, one individual. Um, how did uh, due diligence and, you know, transferring all the assets over to them go, assuming you got to uh, an agreed price, I'm, I'm guessing that. Yeah, yeah, um, indeed. yeah, yeah so did... yeah, it was a really smooth uh, transition. Uh, at the beginning, there was um, like all the, the transferring of the accounts, like uh, the Firebase, Google Analytics, uh, those were all very smoothly because they all allow adding new users to your account and then you can update their role to uh, basically make them, make them owner or give them, them uh, the rights. Uh, the last account that I needed to transfer was from Gumroad. Uh, Gumroad was being used as the payment processor, handling tax and invoices, and it works really great. But when you're transferring that account, it wasn't really an option for that. So uh, we, we that was like the part that took the, the longest uh, time because I was just giving them access to the account and then they could change uh, um, yeah, all the information. But then in the end, it wasn't possible to change the, the bank account that was attached to it. So that's kind of a problem. So then we needed to uh, yeah, set up a new account and it, that took a little bit longer than I expected. So uh, yeah, for people who are using Gumroad and are doing this uh, an acquisition, uh, yeah, make sure to, uh, to look into how you do that. It's better to just create new accounts. But other than that, it went all pretty smoothly, actually. Nice. That's great to hear. Yeah. One one big hurdle that I hear from a lot of founders when they sell their startup is they'll have the product in, let's say, a AWS instance with a bunch of other products, and they have to pull it out, and they have to... or one Stripe account with multiple different products in it. So just having all of that in one single environment just makes the transfer so much easier because you can just essentially hand over the accounts rather than, you know, making new accounts, moving stuff around. Yeah, yeah that, that's stuff that. that you usually don't think about when you're setting things up. Um, but yeah, that could be a hassle. Yeah. We've written a guide on on transferring assets, but it's it's definitely something that that we need to uh, outline a bit more because there's so many different edge cases, especially with servers and different payment processors. But uh, glad glad it all worked out smoothly for you. So I guess my next question would be: um, Given that you've gone and had a you, you built a successful startup, you got customers. And then it got acquired. Um, you know, for other founders that might be looking to, you know sell their business or get acquired. Um, what are maybe like three tips or learnings that you picked up on during the process? Um, well, some advice that I would give is if you're, if you're like me and you're working um, full time and you're working on projects next to your job or in evenings or in weekends, uh, yeah, just be patient and, and keep, keep going. Just making a little bit of progress every day could really make a significant impact uh, over a very period, uh, a longer period of time. You just need to have uh, a bit more patience. Uh, I mean, if you would spend only one hour next to you work on a project at the end of the year, that's 365 um, hours, and you can build a lot of things in those hours. Uh, so 
So uh, th that's just for like if you're if you're doing something next to your job, uh, just be consistent and have a consistent habit of doing something uh, every day. Uh, that could be really helpful. Um, and yeah, in terms of acquisition, I, I don't know. It really depends on on like the situation. For me, uh, it, it worked out great because I had a time where I was really growing the business and had a lot of interactions with customers which was uh, uh, really great. And now my attention shifted to some other projects. So the timing for me uh, was well, was was good. But I think that acquire.com is really a great platform to to see if there is actually yeah, potential for an acquisition. And I was surprised about, uh, about uh, the amount of people that reached out. And I would have never known if I just you know, give it a try and, and put it up. So if you feel like it's the, it's the right time for it, I should say, just, uh, just give it a try. I love that. Yeah. Thanks for the acquire.com plug. Um, yeah. <laughs> appreciate that, Jake. Um, I guess, you know, if, and now I'm kind of wondering if you had, um, you know, any critical feedback, um, for acquire.com, maybe like one thing that we could have done better or, you know, there was one hiccup that we could have helped with. Um, what would, what would that be? So we can help other founders avoid that. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you should uh, have the, the ad acquire handle on Twitter. That's really missing right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I've seen you trying. No, I, I don't really know. I, I actually found it very, uh, I was uh, yeah, surprisingly well. Uh, uh, the platform was really intuitive and it guided you through the whole process. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just really happy with how things went. So. I cannot think of something at the at the spot. That's awesome. Well, Jake, congrats on on the acquisition. And um, if people um, want to learn more about you know your story or just follow you online, um, where can they find you? Yeah, so on Twitter is Jake uh, underscore Prince. And uh, you can also go to jakeprince.com. Um, I don't write very often, but I do post some blogs from time to time. And there's actually also a story about my acquisition. It's called From Zero to Acquired. It's the second score, uh, story on the on the page. So if you want to read more, you can uh, check out that story. Uh, I'll put those uh, in the show notes. Well, Jake, I'm rooting for you, man. Congrats on all success. Yeah. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, my pleasure. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Startup Acquisition Stories podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, make sure to like and follow on your preferred channel. If you know a friend or colleague that's thinking about selling their startup and don't know where to start, please share it with them. For more information on Acquire.com and how we can help you start conversations with serious buyers with acquisition targets ranging from 50,000 up to 50 million or more, check us out at Acquire.com. We'll see you next time.